When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's happening? It's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. We are back for another edition of In the Huddle. My man Brian Baldinger, Baldy, and I'm Carl Dukes. Put him up. Of course, Jason Lock on four, a part of this podcast as well. As a matter of fact, Baldy and Jason are going to be doing some more draft stuff as we move forward yeah. here in the next couple of weeks. But guys, the big news, at least right now, and it's just kind of sitting there as we start today. Is the commanders potentially being sold for six billion dollars? Um, it, it's quite interesting, Baldy, to say when you think about Daniel Snyder and he bought the team for eight hundred million, okay, in nineteen ninety nine, which was crazy back then, and now he's about to to cash in. A quick reminder, guys: the Broncos, great franchise, mm-hmm. obviously, four point six billion dollars they sold for last offseason. And now the commanders could go for $6 billion, Baldy? It's crazy. It is. And it just shows you just the, the power of the NFL. Um, you know, look, I, I played for the Cowboys in the 80s. Washington was our, our rival. Um, those games were unbelievable. Um, you know, and, and, and Washington was one of those franchises with, you know, San Francisco, Dallas, that ruled the eighties, you know, and they, they, and Daniel Snyder bought the team in 1994, I believe. And he kind of piggybacked off what Joe Gibbs built. And it has been on a slippery slope for the most part since I think Ron Rivera is doing a pretty good job of just putting a fresh face on it, cleaning things up on the outside, but I'm not here to talk about Daniel Snyder. I'm just talking like this, this value of a team, like, it's it's unbelievable business, Carl, and it's it's not going to go down in value. It's only going up. The Chicago Bears are trying to build a stadium out at Arlington Park. I can't even imagine if the Bears decide to sell once that deal gets approved, um, what that value would be worth, much less what the Dallas Cowboys are at right now or, you know, some of the other elite franchises, San Francisco, uh, these elite franchises in the NFL. It's 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 an amazing business. The thing about these stadiums, uh, and if you're not aware of this, because I think most people just relate football to the stadiums. So these new stadium deals, okay, this is across the board. Yeah. Is allowing, and when the commanders get theirs, this is what this new owner, you know, Josh Harris gets this team, the the owner of the 76ers and and the uh, Devils. If he gets this team, they're going to get a new stadium as well. But across the board, what happens is, guys, you get obviously concerts, events. So they just they package this as events, all right? And let's just imagine outside of the football world, because you only get X amount of home games. Mm-hmm. But these these owners make a lot of money <laughs> when you start talking about a hundred events or 150 events in their stadiums. And you know, we're talking from conventions to private industry coming in and renting it out to concerts. Well, Carl, and, and, like that, you know, our NFL network is right at SoFi Stadium. Yes. So, you know, you look at what they have done 
at SoFi and the gentrification of the neighborhood and the hotels yep. and the Hollywood Park Casino. I mean, it is many cities that they're building around these stadiums. You know, what's what, you know, uh, they did up at uh, Foxborough. I mean, they build the shopping malls, the hotels, you know, the entertainment. It becomes a focal point of all of entertainment. And they're taking a piece of all this stuff from these just these growing centers that this, that the stadium is is really the centerpiece of. Yeah, Baldy, I just to my to your point about it's not it's not going to slow down, and uh, the stadiums are going to get more elaborate, and the 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 numbers of the uh, the the sales of these teams is going to continue to go up. I will say this as we're talking about the Commanders, it's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe. We put new episodes out Tuesday, Thursday. Make sure you like us so you you don't miss any episodes. I've talked a lot about this on my shows, Baldy, and, and listen, I'll just say Daniel Snyder's still under investigation from the NFL Yeah. Uh, for allegations of financial, you know, improprieties. Yeah. He's uh, in, under investigation and allegations from the FBI and the IRS. He's had multiple women, you know, talk about harassment suits. Here's what I'm getting to. And we could dive into the Daniel Snyder. Has he been a good owner? Has he not? And most people think he hasn't. But other NFL owners have had enough. And so now you find yourself in a situation where Daniel Snyder is getting out. He's going to make a lot of money, but the other owners are ready. And this is more about them kind of forcing his hand, you know, and nobody wants to be forced out. So they're still letting this process play out. But at the end of the day, Baldy, I think most of these other guys, these other owners that we talk about are happy that this is happening. Well, I think, look, it's, uh, you know, it's a club of, right. you know, basically 31 owners. Of course, the Packers are, you know, owned by, public but um so the 31 owners are sitting there and image is important reputation uh you know they want to make this thing as clean and pressure washed as possible uh because that's good for advertising it's good for fans it's good for growth and so if you're one of your owners is on the front pages of newspapers uh because of some of the things that you just described uh, it doesn't it doesn't it takes some of the tarnish um, and it tarnishes the image that they love to project with the shield. And the shield is everything. Mm-hmm. And um, in this day and age of, you know, everything from me to you name it, um, you've got to hold you got to hold your end up. And it's just uh, it's just the way you conduct business as an employee of the NFL. I'm expected to, to, to do the same thing, Carl. I, I can't play by a different set of rules that guys at other networks can. I work for the NFL. I get my checks from the NFL. So. There is a, a standard of conduct that mm. has to be met. You know, uh, you don't want that phone call from HR. You know, you just don't want that. <laughs> it's a great point. Uh, by the way, the league uh, owners or the meetings are scheduled for, I think the spring league meeting is in Minneapolis. Uh, for the sale of any team, that includes the commanders, they're going to need at least 24 of the league's 32 mm. owners to approve it. So even though this guy has all the money, they're still going to have to approve it, and more likely they will, guys, because I think, as we talked about, I think the owners are ready to move. Let's talk about some player news. I want to get your thoughts on Jeff Okuda. He gets traded to the Falcons. Falcons pick up a little bit of the salary, but so does the, the so do the Lions. Uh, and a lot of people say, well, the Lions are ready to move on, and this is a fresh start for Jeff Okuda. Baldy, he was a first-round talent. I mean, the third overall pick, but things just didn't work out in Detroit, and I think he's coming off that Achilles. I talked to his agent the other day. He was reassuring me that he's healthy and he's ready to compete. What do you think? Well, I mean, Achilles is tough at that position. You know, a lot of, you know, I mean, that's a position now where the Achilles can really affect 
future performance. Uh, just from the standpoint of just suddenness, quickness, twitchiness, just the ability to explode coming out of your back pedal. We got to see if that holds up. I've seen guys like Sidney Jones, who was a first round talent towards Achilles in a pro day. And, uh, you know, it was never the same, not in the league anymore. Second round pick stock dropped because of the Achilles never became the player that it was projected to be. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying or wishing that or anything like that for Jeff, but it's clear when Detroit went to free agency and they signed Cam Sutton from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Mosley from San Francisco and said, we're going to, we'll line up with these corners. And by the way, the draft is chock full of good corners at the top of this draft. Uh, we're going to see that, uh, you know, in two weeks, Carl, when we do a post, you know, first round draft show on that Friday after the draft. And we're going to see a good, good chance that five or six corners going to go in the first round. So um, I think, look, Atlanta needs help on defense, period. They need help in the secondary. They've been needing help in the secondary. So I think this is a guy that they could say, look, for a fifth-round pick, let's take a look. You know, if if, uh, if he can if he can regain his form and what he looked like coming out of Ohio State, um, we might have ourselves a starting corner. So it, to me, it's, you know, it's an investment of a fifth-round pick. I think Atlanta had – I mean, they had three fifth-round picks, you know, so they just flipped one of them for a player. And, look, it, it, it's the same roll of the dice in the draft on a fifth-rounder, you know, whether he can make it or not. So, to me, Atlanta had nothing to lose, and Detroit was ready to move on from him. Yeah, the interesting thing about, about the Falcons is before this trade, Baldy, and I don't know if it changes their strategy, but there was a lot of talk about Christian Gonzalez or the kid out of Illinois, you know, um, Witherspoon, the, Witherspoon the, the corner out of Illinois, that that is probably the target. And it, and it was the most safe draft yeah. pick, right, That's at right. eight. And yeah. now you make this move and they go, well, wait a minute. You have a lot of folks saying, wait a minute, they got A.J. Terrell. And now if Okuda can play, mm-hmm. you went and got Jesse Bates, Richie yep. Grant, your other safety. The secondary mm-hmm. all of a sudden may become your strength of your football team from a defensive standpoint, and a lot of people are saying, okay, well, then don't draft a corner. And here we are saying there's like five guys that, you know, you could have a first-round grade on at corner. Do you still pass that up? I still think you have to build. And and for me, Baldy, I, I look at this from a cornerback standpoint. Um, They're like pitchers. You know, they're like bullpen guys. You can never have enough of those guys that can cover, right? Mm-hmm. So I get it. If, you, if Okuda can play and A.J. is going to – going to do what he does is great but i just don't know if you can have enough of those guys i don't know if you still go away from picking maybe the top corner on the board at eight if you're the falcons and they might have that choice at eight i mean there might be their choice of you know those five or six corners at the, at the top um you know joey porter and deon banks dante banks um you know and so at eight you're probably going to get your choice unless you know the raiders go beat them to it at number seven so it's possible and I look, I mean, AJ Terrell is going to come up for a contract here. Yep. You know, they got to decide if they're going to pay, you know, top flight money for a really good young player. Um, and, but if you draft a guy, maybe that decision becomes easier. But I, you know, I think that the Falcons are at a spot right now where they can't just, okay, we need this position of need. I mean, I just think at number eight, if Devin Witherspoon is there and he's your top ranked player on the board. Yeah. You have to take your top, regardless of what you did with Akuda and what you have in Terrell. Like, you take your best player. Like, you can't go wrong doing that. You'll find a place to get him on the field and to get value for him. Baldy, I want to I wanna read this to you because Anthony Richardson, one of the top quarterback prospects yes. 
posted a letter to every general manager in the league. He did it in the Players Tribune, and I just okay. want to read a little bit of this, yeah, and then and, and then we gotta, you know, I want to get to 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 my guy out of Texas, who a lot of people are talking about is going to be a top top ten pick. So, guys, Anthony Richardson, no matter what you think of him, and we've had yeah. multiple conversations about him, talented yeah. as hell, athletically. So he posts this in the Players Tribune, and I'm just going to read a portion of it because again, okay. it's if you want to go check it out, you can. But he he posts this to all general managers in the league and saying. Um, I may not pay attention to all the noise, but I do hear the critics. I know the things people are picking apart. People talk about whether I can be accurate. They say I don't have touch. They say I can't throw short. They say a lot of things. All I got to say is watch how hard I work. In my mind, I can do anything with my football, with the football in my hand. But I, I know that no one will ever work harder than me to improve. And then he goes on talking about one of the best things I learned from watching Kyle Trask and talking about his experience in Florida. But, Baldy, this is a plea. This is, hey, you see my athleticism, but I need you to trust me with how hard I'm going to put in the work to be great in this league. And I want to let every general manager know. I got to tell you guys something. This is smart. I don't know if it works. I don't know if any general manager reads this and goes, oh, yeah, this makes my, you know, I'm going to draft the kid. But this is smart, Baldy, because he understands what he's up against as far as the criticism. And he's just saying, look, the one thing you cannot rate is my heart and my desire to work hard. I think it's brilliant. I really like Anthony Richardson. He was on our network, NFL Network, yesterday, did an interview with him. And, um, you know, he was really uh, outgoing very positive. Um, you know, he was really, I mean, he really presented himself very well. Um, you know, going back to like just high schools right now, well, I mean, it used to be, okay, give me the guy with the best arm and let's put him at quarterback. Now it's give me the best athlete. Give me the best athlete. We're going to put him at quarterback and we'll go from there. Whether they can throw it, throw it with touch, you read defense, Let's put our best our best athlete there. And I feel like mm. there's coaches in this league that said, you give me the best, even in the NFL, give me the best athlete. Let me design the offense and let me develop them. I want that. I feel like that's going to I, – I feel like, look, he has a lot, a lot of room to grow, tremendous amount of room to grow. So two things, Carl. One – and all of these interviews and all of these things that these players do during the, you know, this draft season. If I'm a GM, Carl, all I want to know, does he love football? <clears throat> does he love football more than anything else? <laughs> because I know if, if if I get that player, like I met Sauce Gardner last year in New York, and I when he was the first one on the field on the opening mini camp of the season, and he said, I'll be the first one on the field every day, Baldy. Like I, Sauce loves football. It, it, he lives for it. Give me a player that loves the game. That's what's the hardest part for any of these GMs and any of these evaluators to figure out. Are they faking it? Do they really love it? Do they just say that? If I know that a player loves it, I know that they're going to do everything beyond coaching to become the best. So we've seen that with elite players, Jordan, I mean, at, at different sports. The other thing is it, it, you – there's coaches out there that just feel like, give me 
Anthony Richardson, and let me show you what we're going to become. Right. And I, I and whether he, you know, the, the letter is really clever and it's really smart. And I believe Anthony when he says that. And I think, like, I believe he's going to be the third quarterback taken in this draft. Before Levis. Yeah. Before Levis. Yeah. I, and I like Will Levis. Everybody I does. do. There's a lot to love about him. But I, but the upside of what Anthony Richardson yeah. might become, and look, the game is evolving. You know, it's 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 not Tom Brady's league anymore. It's not sit there and be a statue and, and make these throws and do all this stuff. Like mobility is important. Like Bill Parcells told me a decade ago, the NFL can only take what the college game gives us, mm. and they're giving us Anthony Richardson. Like we'd be foolish not to recognize the talent and go, look, we've got at least two years that we can work with him where to build him into maybe the best athlete at that position in the league. We've we got a two-year window yeah. and a five-year contract where we can really take our time, and I hope teams take their time, to develop them. You know what's interesting, Baldy, and I think a lot of people don't want to acknowledge this, and I get it. Like Patrick Mahomes is not a, is not a runner. But the two biggest plays of the year, he used his legs in the AFC Championship game, right? And in the Super Bowl to win the games. Yeah. He ran. Jalen Hurts, you saw what he did in the Super Bowl. And if you didn't watch the Eagles all year, he did that all year. He used his legs. And people want to put this perception that, well, if you're not a drop-back quarterback in the pocket, you can't win. We just saw two guys get to the Super Bowl who used their legs to get there. So I totally agree with you. I'm not saying they're running quarterbacks. There is a difference. Mm-hmm. But you have to – you said it. Mobility is key. And if you're telling me this kid has the ability to escape pressure and run away from it, that you can't teach that. Like, no. you, you, I don't care who you are. You can't – it's like having a seven-footer in the NBA. You can't teach that. Like, I, I don't I don't think – we've never – I mean, the Combine started in 1985, you know, and every year we go there. And, you, you know, you want to call it the Underwear Olympics. You, know, you do whatever you want. Right, we've never seen an athlete like that ever. Step Not a quarterback in Indianapolis that resembled anything. I mean, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, That's right? I don't know, Carson Wentz. You pick a guy. We've never seen anything like what Anthony Richardson did, and you can't deny that. Um, and then, if you look at the splash plays that he made at Florida, like he can throw a deep ball. Like he went eighty yards against LSU for a touchdown. Like I don't know what teams are going to be able to do to him. So, and how to defend him. Um, he needs time to, to learn and to grow. And there's offenses that can be created, whether it's the RPO game, uh, you know, the option run game. There's just things that you can do to really accent his talents.